Remember the good old days before Microsoft Word had autosave? You'd type up some important document and then your computer would freeze and you'd lose hours of work just because you forgot to hit save? Well, that's what it's like going online without ExpressVPN. Every time you're connected to an unencrypted network, whether it's in an airport, a hotel, a cafe, or anywhere, your online data is not secure. Any person on that same network who knows what they're doing can gain access to your personal data. Bank logins, credit card details, passwords, all the stuff you don't want people seeing. Unfortunately, hacking has become much easier than it used to be. People don't even have to be exceptionally skilled to do it, and there's a lot of money to be made by selling your information on the dark web. ExpressVPN stops hackers from stealing your data by creating a secure, encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet. It's incredibly easy to use. Once the app is running, you literally click one button to get protected. And it works on your phone, laptop, tablet, and more, so you can stay protected on the go. I've been using ExpressVPN for a little while now, and I can rest easy knowing my info is safe and secure. I've heard horror stories of people who've been hacked, and it sounds like a massive pain to try to get any resolution in the aftermath, so I am not interested in finding out what that process is like. Secure your online data today by visiting expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash slashfilm, and you can get an extra three months free. expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Slash Film Daily for Friday, October 11th, 2019. On today's episode, we're going to talk about the latest film and TV news. This is Slash Film Editor-in-Chief Peter Soretta, and joining me on today's podcast is Slash Film Weekend Editor, Brad Oman. Hey, that's me. And writer, Chris Evangelista. Hello, folks. Okay, so let's uh, jump into it. Uh, yesterday, after we recorded, it was revealed that Alfonso Curon has signed a deal with Apple to develop a new new original shows. Not just one show, but a bunch of shows. Uh, what do we know about this, Chris? Right. I, um, we don't know much, as in we don't know what the shows are going to be or what they're going to be about. All we know is that several different streaming services were apparently competing to woo Alfonso Cuaron for, for this, this sort of thing. Um, you know, as, as I'm sure our listeners know at this point, everyone out there is trying to launch their own streaming service at this point to, to compete with Netflix. And uh, Alfonso Cuaron is no stranger to streaming because he made Roma for Netflix. And that was a big hit for them especially at the uh, the Oscars, because it won him a Best Director Award. It won Best Foreign Language Film. So now um, it looks like Apple has, has sort of won uh, his favor, probably by giving him the best possible offer. And this is a, this is a good deal for Apple in the sense that, you know, it's going to lend them a, a touch of prestige depending on what he creates for them. Um, I you know He's not exactly like a household name director at this point. I like, I, not, not in the way that like Steven Spielberg is, but he's, you know, he's has some big well, films to his name. And what do you think like is the biggest film? Like gravity is probably his most widely her- or like prisoner of Azkaban. I don't, but I don't even know if people like think of that as like his movie because it's like yeah. part of it. Yeah. But so, you know, everyone wants <laughs> someone big for their streaming service and uh, Apple has him now. Uh, is like, is this the biggest get that Apple has gotten? I mean, I, I guess they already have like some other big filmmakers. Apple seems to be like in the, the, the big director collecting business. Do you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't right. seem like they're going after like, here's the best movie or TV show that we need for our service. It's like, we need to collect all the directors and have them on our yeah. shelf. 
they, they definitely feel like they're going for for star power because not only do they have Spielberg and J.J. Abrams, but they also have, you know, like Jennifer Aston, Reese Witherspoon. It seems like they're really going for like names rather than just the the content itself. So we'll have to see how that turns out. Yeah. Well, speaking of Steven Spielberg, Steven Spielberg will be reteaming with Tom Hanks and doing something for Apple TV. Uh, Brad, what do we know? Well, Spielberg and Tom Hanks have worked together before on the two World War II series for HBO. Uh, there was Band of Brothers and there was The Pacific, both of which were kind of in the same vein as uh, a Saving Private Ryan. And they're going to continue their collaboration of telling stories based in World War II with a series that is heading to Apple TV Plus called Masters of the Air. Uh, it's based on a book by Donald L. Miller that follows the American 8th Air Force as they fought in World War II, uh, bombing sites at Berlin, Hanover, and Dresden uh, at the height of the World War and really striking blows against Nazi Germany. <clears throat> What's interesting about this is that the uh, the synopsis for this book actually mentions uh, Clark Gable and Jimmy Stewart and their military service during this time. And so I wonder if the series will include them as characters in the show. Um, but this this uh, book does cover a lot of ground and a variety of uh, different people who were pilots during World War II. And this is uh, it's kind of viewed as, I guess, a, a completion of this sort of World War II trilogy that Tom Hanks and Steven Spielberg uh, have been collaborating on. And it was originally set up at HBO, but they let let it stay dormant for too long and it was able to switch over to Apple TV instead. Competition. Um, are, are either of you big fans of those two limited series? I've seen both of them, and I uh, I like them pretty well. I, I I think Band of Brothers is definitely the superior one, um, but I, you know it's not something that I necessarily have revisited since watching them for the first time. Uh, yeah, I I've only seen Band of Brothers, and I really liked it. I never got around to watching the Pacific, so maybe one day I will when I have free time, which will be never. Yeah, I've also not seen the Pacific. I liked Band of Brothers, but not as much as obviously uh, Saving Private Ryan. Um, but I know like every, like like Band of Brothers is like a big like dad thing. Do you know what I mean? Like dads love. Well, Band dads love World War Two. That's like the big thing. Dads just love <laughs> World War Two. They just like it's like their thing. They just they sit down, they turn on the the History Channel, and they're like, "Oh, World War Two is on." <laughs> okay, let's move on. Let's talk about a bunch of t uh, things in the works that uh, actually two projects that both involve maniac cops. The first of which is a maniac cop TV series. Uh, Chris, what do we know? Yeah, so uh, Nicholas Winding Reefen, who has been talking about being involved with a maniac cop remake. Since at least uh, 2016. For those who don't know, Maniac Cop is a 1988 movie. Uh, it's it's great in a very sleazy, trashy horror way. It's it's one of those movies where it's literally what it says it is. It's about a maniac cop and he kills people. And that's pretty much it. And it spawned two sequels where the maniac cop keeps coming back from the dead and looking progressively worse and worse as his face rots off. Were, were the sequels any good? I've only seen the original. They're good in quotes. They're good in the sense that I like them, but they're not like good <laughs> movies, but they're fun. They're really enjoyable films in the sense that it's fun to watch 
a zombie cop running around murdering people. Um, so Refit has been talking about, you know, uh, producing a, a, a remake of this for some time with uh, John Hyams directing. John Hyams directed um, a few of the Universal Soldier sequels, which are actually good, believe it or not. Um, I know that's hard to believe, but they are pretty good. Uh, and it sort of felt like this project was dead, but now it sounds like it's alive again. And instead of being a movie, it's going to be a TV show um, for HBO. Uh, it's not clear if this is headed to HBO proper or if it's going to be exclusive to HBO Max, the new streaming service from Warner Brothers. But either way, HBO gave this the green light and it's going to vaguely follow the same premise in that it's about a maniac cop, but they're moving it from New York to LA and it's also going to um, feature quote, a kaleidoscope of characters, which makes it sound a lot like Reefen's other TV show, uh, too young to die old, which was on Amazon and which was also about uh, a kaleidoscope of characters in LA. So uh, that show did not get renewed for a second season, so I'm wondering if he's sort of like porting a bunch of ideas he had for a second season for that over to this. But either way, I'm excited just because I like Reefin. I, I really like Maniac Cop, and I'm curious to see what, how this turns out. Yeah, that show was not well received to the point that I didn't even watch it because I just heard so many bad things about it. Um, I do kind of, uh, you know, uh, get a kick out of the idea that HBO could maybe use a Refn Maniac Cop TV series to try to lure people over to their streaming service. Like, that would actually get people to sign up. But, um, I mean, maybe it would. Who knows? I, I would. That, that would be – that's my selling point. <laughs> I'm not going to sign up HBO Max until you you tell me if they're going to have the Maniac Cop series. Refn, to me, is so, like – one of those filmmakers that I will love one of his films and I'll just hate the next film. Like he's so yeah. off and on. Like what is your relationship with him? I, I, I really like his movies. I, I do think he's really pretentious. Um, but I kind of like that. I, 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 he makes really like trashy art films. That's how I describe yeah. them. They're like they're trying to be art, but they're also really trashy and, I really like pretty much all of his films. I even I haven't finished it yet, but I I've watched almost all of Too Young uh, to Die Old or Too Old to Die Young rather, and it's very slow paced. But I, I've liked what I've seen. But I do know he's also an acquired taste. He's not like for everyone. Yeah, and he's also returning to L.A. with this. So uh, yeah. I mean, obviously, like people, I think it's probably best received film from the masses is Drive. Um, right. And that had like L.A. was a character in that. So maybe. Yeah. Maybe this will be a return to that. Uh, speaking of L.A. being a character, speaking of L.A. being a character in another Maniac Cop project, they're working on a Training Day prequel. Uh, what do we know about that, Chris? Uh, yes. So uh, Training Day, the film that starred Denzel Washington and Ethan Hawke, is getting a prequel. For reasons I don't really understand. Um, the prequel is going to be set in the 90s, and it's going to focus on a younger version of Denzel Washington's character, who, um, if you haven't seen the movie or if you don't remember, he was uh, a very corrupt cop who took uh, a rookie cop, played by Ethan Hawke, on a very <laughs> bad day through his... It's basically, it was like the, the first day from hell, as Ethan Hawke learned that his new partner is just this really corrupt... Uh, lunatic and 
we don't really know the details of what this is going to be about other than it's going to focus on um, a younger version of Denzel Washington's character, which means they don't have to bring Denzel Washington back. They can cast someone else. They could even maybe cast his son, who is an actor now, and he's in the new Christopher Nolan movie. He was in Black Klansman. Or they could, you know, get anyone, really, whoever wants to do the film. Uh, I I don't really know what the point of this is, because what made Training Day so memorable, at least in my mind, was, you know, that chemistry slash anti-chemistry between Denzel Washington and Ethan Hawke's character as they went up against each other. And especially Denzel Washington's performance, which he won an Oscar for, uh, is really what made Training Day super memorable because it was a very big, even sort of like over-the-top performance. And to do a a sequel without him seems like a really weird idea. And so I I, I don't really know how this is going to work out. I would also say the intense style of that film was also like a big thing a takeaway. At least I took away from it. Um, I'm wondering, is there a way to spin this? Like, you know, is it uh, Denzel's character's first day on the job and it's his training day? But like, he's like, you know, I don't know. I'm wondering, like, what is the twist here? What is, what is the thing that like was like, oh, yeah, this is a good idea to do this story. I mean, yeah, like I, like I said, there aren't details, but my guess would be like this would be showing him before he became corrupt. I guess it would be like, ah, here's how he turned into a corrupt cop, which like, do we really need a, a full movie about that? Like, it's it's more interesting to just well, jump in with him already corrupt. But I don't know. Chris, in, in Star Wars, they give us three whole movies about that. So, yes. And that turned out really well. Okay, uh, let's move on and talk about another uh, sequel spinoff series in development. This one is for the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Brad, what do we know? Apparently, there is a Fresh Prince of Bel-Air spinoff in the works at Will Smith's Westbrook Production Company. Uh, you might remember a few years back, there were rumors of some kind of reboot in the works and that Will Smith was involved. Uh, but that turned out to be either rumors that just weren't true or maybe something that didn't come together because once Will Smith finally got asked about it, he said that a reboot of Fresh Prince of Bel-Air would probably happen, quote, when hell freezes over. Uh, But it sounds like something might be happening with Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. It's not a reboot necessarily, but apparently it's a spinoff series, but we have absolutely zero details on it. It was mentioned uh, offhandedly in a big story on Will Smith and basically the the size of his success in Hollywood as an actor uh, in TV and film, as a rapper, as a producer, and, and all that stuff. And it just meant, merely mentions uh, in one line that Westbrook is developing some kind of Fresh Prince of Bel-Air spinoff series. Uh, it's worth noting that Fresh Prince of Bel-Air was a series that was on NBC, so it's possible this is something that could be cooked up for NBC Universal streaming service. But the show was distributed by Warner Brothers Television, so it could also easily be a Warner Media production that could head to HBO Max. Uh, either way, this seems like it's something new that is in the works. Uh, but again, we have no idea what the story will be. I, if I, um, the only thing that like we had heard previously when there was a reboot in the works was that it would be a a new spin on the fish out of water tale that had the spirit of the original series. But if this is a spinoff, that would imply that there's maybe at least some sort of connective tissue. So, uh, you know, I mean, the easiest thing to do would be to maybe have something involving, you know, uh, the main character, Will's son, who needs to learn 
some life lessons by getting a change of environment. It, it might be kind of interesting, although somewhat simple, to maybe take a cue from Will Smith's own life and have it be like maybe Will, you know, grew up and kind of had a career like the real Will Smith and became, you know, a famous raptor, rapper or actor. And his kids are so hooked on this, you know, upper class rich lifestyle that maybe he decides to send them back to Philly to get a dose of like what real life is like. Hmm. Uh, that's just mere speculation on my part. Uh, it sounds like something that could be fun. There's also, you know, the idea of maybe this becoming a more dramatic series. Uh, not too long ago, there was this uh, trailer that went viral that was basically a, a modern dramatic take on Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. And Will Smith uh, actually had addressed it himself in, in a video and talked about how he was always kind of interested and fascinated by this dramatic side of the series that they couldn't address as much as he wanted to because the show was a comedy and not a drama. And they, there were some times when they did get a little dramatic, including the, the uh, famous episode when Will Smith's uh, father basically, you know, walks out on, on his life again and kind of leaves him behind. And Will has to come to terms with this idea of, you know, why his father doesn't want, want to be around and be part of his life. Um, so maybe there's, uh, a dramatic turn for Fresh Prince of Bel-Air in the future, where it's not a straight-up comedy, but it's something a little bit more grounded and less less sitcom-y. My, my first thought is, like, maybe they're doing a reboot with Jaden Smith or one of Will Smith's kids. But then you, you make a good point there, Brad. This is not called a reboot. This is called a spinoff. That makes me think, like, spinoffs are usually with, like, a side character or something like this. Could this be, like, a TV series that like you know has carlton in it or something <laughs> i don't know i'm not sure how much of a hot commodity alfonso ribiero is these days <laughs> um yeah i if anything I, I could maybe see it focusing on like uh you know maybe will smith has has a son of his own and uh who has grown up and maybe has his his own kid and they they apply the story that way but that you sounds know, more you... like a sequel or reboot or like a Boy Meets World uh, like kind of scenario. Or what, What's the, the reboot of that? Girl Meets, Girl Meets World. Yeah. yeah. I feel like this, I don't know, spinoff seems to insinuate something different than that. But maybe I could be wrong. What if this is about the cab driver who dropped Will Smith off in <laughs> Bel Air? Who I always thought Will Smith was unnecessarily rude to because... He's like, oh, this cab is fresh. But then when he drops him off, he's like, yo, Holmes, smell you later. And he holds his nose. And that's like really mean to the cab driver. Like that, you just, you just said he was fresh. He had dice in the mirror, Will. Why are you talking trash on this, this cab? So I think it's about the cab driver going to therapy because Will Smith put him on this emotional roller coaster. But he'll be an Uber driver today to show Yes, the exactly. <laughs> All right. Guys, why are we not Hollywood executives greenlighting stuff? I don't know, because that's a million-dollar idea right there. <laughs> okay. Uh, you know, one thing that hit uh, today, I, I don't think any of us have seen it, is the new Breaking Bad movie, El Camino. This is on Netflix. This stars Aaron Paul reprising his role as Jesse Pinkman. And uh, the first reviews are online. We even have a review on Slashlam.com. I'll link that in the show notes. But, uh, Chris, what are people saying? Um, the reviews seem to be mixed. Um, they're not overwhelmingly negative, but they're not like gushing either. Um, it, it boils down to that. It's a really well-made movie. Aaron Paul is really good. It also gives Jesse Pinkman a sort of 
actual ending because the show um even though i was fine with how it left his character it sort of left him up in the air in a way because you know the, the series breaking bad ends with his character just driving away laughing like a lunatic and this sort of gives him closure but at the same time the consensus seems to be as well made as this is we don't really need it um so one review says it's this is more like a collection of deleted scenes than an actual movie um some people say that it, it's sort of like fan service it's giving fans what they want or while not really giving a uh, a worthwhile film so kind of mixed um and uh, uh i'm still interested in watching this i haven't watched it yet my wife and i are going to watch it right. tonight but these reviews they're not as exciting as i thought they would be because you know even though i'm of the mindset that we didn't really need this i still like vince gilligan i like you know aaron paul as an actor so i was sort of interested in seeing how this turned out but these these reviews have sort of tamped down my enthusiasm a bit yeah i went to bed at like 11 30 last night and i was like tempted i was like should we stay up at an extra half an hour and watch this but like i was just so tired uh but you mentioned fan service uh i'm curious what you guys think because fan service always is used negatively but i feel like if you are a fan then can't that be positive like if i am a huge breaking bad fan is it good that it's fan service um i think it depends on how it's done yeah. if it's if it's like fan service for the sake of being fan service like it doesn't like seem organic then it could definitely backfire and be like ah they're just doing this to please the internet but there you know there are some ways to uh you know make yeah. fan service work and um i i don't really know how it plays out here because like i said i haven't watched it yet so i'm i'm curious to see if it if they pull it off or not i i'm guessing that the, it, it's very hard to end this story right because like we know that walt is dead after the events of, of breaking bad so it's like it's not like he's gonna come back and it's not like i don't know i, I feel like fans aren't there's no way to give fans what they want Right. I mean, yeah, uh, I, I guess we just have to see yeah. how it goes. I mean, you know, there's definitely a lot of buzz about this. You know, Netflix didn't go crazy with the advertising for this, but it's been, you know, trending all day as like the number one trending topic. So people are definitely aware of it. So there's definitely enough interest, at least for this weekend, for people to give it a shot. Yeah. Well, I mean, that, that that's all that happens now with Netflix, right? Like, there's enough interest for one weekend or one week, and then, like, it goes away, yeah. Um, yeah, depend, like, there are some shows that, like, like glow. I never hear anyone talking about that, even though it's really good. So, I guess it just really, depends. Really? On film Twitter, I feel like I see it all the time. I don't I don't think I saw anyone talk about this most recent season, which I well, thought was really good. I, I did not like this recent season. But, anyways. Um <laughs> Okay, well, I'm going to try to check out El Camino this weekend. Maybe we can do a spoiler episode next week if there's enough to talk about, um, but we'll see. Uh, but speaking of fan service, uh, one of the f favorite characters in Star Wars is a alien character, a Mon Calamari named Admiral Akbar. He's obviously, uh, it's a trap guy. Um, he was, uh, a lot of Star Wars fans were upset because in in... in Ryan Johnson's Star Wars: The Last Jedi. He was killed off, uh, just in a line of dialogue. We didn't see it. 
We didn't even know. It was just like, just killed off. Uh, just someone said he was dead. Uh, but it seems like his legacy will continue on in the Star Wars universe. Brad, what do we know? Yes, Admiral Akbar uh, was given somewhat of a, a lame send off, uh, like you like you just said. But it appears he might get some kind of tribute uh, in Rise of Skywalker. At least that's what we're assuming, uh, because there is a son of Admiral Akbar who was recently introduced in Star Wars Allegiance issue number two, which is a comic book uh, series that is part of the Journey to the Rise of Skywalker brand of publications that are hitting shelves leading up to the release of the movie in December. And in the comic, uh, we have General Leo Organa, Ray, Chewbacca, and BB-8 uh, going to Moncala, which is the planet of the Mon Calamari, uh, to both pay tribute to Admiral Akbar by meeting with his son, Aftab Akbar, and also asking the Mon Calamari for their um, help in taking on the First Order. So we get to meet Aftab, and he already has an established relationship with Leia. Uh, and the, the comic book shows that the Mon Calamari are not really too happy to see Leia and the rest of the Resistance simply because it made them lose one of their, you know, most treasured uh, war heroes and people of their species. Uh, but Aftab is, does not hold any grudge. He clears, clearly has a warm relationship with Leia. And the reason we uh, that it's, it seems to be that he's in the movie is uh, io9 actually noticed that one of the recently released cardboard cutouts featuring characters from The Force Awakens that were went on sale for Triple Force Friday, is a generically named Mon Calamari General. Uh, it doesn't give the name of Aftab Akbar, but if you compare how the cardboard cutout looks to the illustration of Aftab, the face uh, is extremely similar uh, to the illustration in the comic. And that's not just because it's a Mon Calamari and they all have a similar look because there is a very distinct difference between the various Mon Calamari characters that we have seen uh, in various Star Wars movies. And so if you look at the face, the, the, it's very similar. And it's not just similar, like I said, you know, in a way that the, the common traits of Mon Calamari are. Uh, the question, though, is even if Aftab Akbar does appear in The Rise of Skywalker, you know, is this a character who has a somewhat prominent role and interacts with our main characters? Or is it one of those many background characters who gets a name but doesn't really have a big part in the movie and is just merely a background player. That that's something that we don't know. Yeah. No, I, I had heard rumors that Admiral Akbar had a son that was in this movie for a while now. So so this adds up. And also there is a Mon Calamari character that's in the resistance that is supposedly part of the Star Wars Rise of the Resistance ride that's coming in December and January to Disney World and Disneyland. So that could be him as well. So that that, that is interesting. I guess at least uh, Admiral Akbar is his legacy is continuing past that that one line in Last Jedi. Uh, and hopefully that will please some fans that were up there's also there's also a rumor that Aftab Akbar is getting uh, a spin-off at Disney Plus where he'll be <laughs> sent to sent to live with his aunt and uncle on Tatooine. So uh... That probably won't go well. <laughs> okay. That brings us to the end of today's Slash Film Daily. You can find more of all of our work at SlashFilm.com. You can find this podcast, Slash Film Daily, published every weekday on iTunes, Google, Overcast, Spotify, all the popular podcast apps. Please feel free to send us your feedback, questions, comments, concerns to us at peter at SlashFilm.com. And please rate and read this podcast on iTunes. Tell your friends. Spread the word. And we'll see you on Monday. 
This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.